The Pistons are the basketball champions of the world. Pistons fans, and welcome to another episode of the Buff Zone Podcast. We are the best POD in the 313. We got actual Pistons basketball to talk about today. Cade Cunningham returned to the court for the first time in 333 days. Uh, Jaden Ivey came off the bench, and uh, Killian Hayes and Marvin Bagley are making waves. Um, we're, we're not going to delay too much into this. Uh, first, we got a few things we want to touch on today, but the first thing I want to talk about is uh, – Asar has been as advertised. I think Summer League was kind of like his, uh, his his putting himself on the map. And then it was, oh, okay, he can do that in Summer League against Summer League competition. But his first quote-unquote NBA game, uh, right off the tip, he's matched up with Devin Booker. And I think he did a pretty good job of holding his own. Uh, Gabe, you're first on my screen today. Talk to us about how you felt Asar Thompson handled himself in his first two preseason games. Well, yeah, exactly as you said. He's been as ad- as advertised. Um, defensively a stud, offensively low field goal percentage, but making all the right plays. And especially um, against Booker, you know, uh, we were at that game value, and uh, the, we weren't next to each other, but the First few times, I just, you know, Devin Booker does his move and then it's a, a mid-range jump shot and Asar didn't really understand that. So Booker hit a few early and then he got in his face a little bit. Booker still hit a really tough one, but then he blocked him on on one and kind of just like took the ball from him. It was That's exactly what we want from him. Just put him on the best player and make that player have to work to score. Um, I mean, his three... Looks decent when he has time and he's set. He missed a easy one as well, but the, I th- they looked good. And then, of course, he hit that one, which I didn't see. I left it at, at that point to force OT from the corner. Um, but, yeah, he's been as as advertised. And I'm ex- there's some people calling for him to start already, which is uh, – I'm not quite there yet, but yeah, he's a stud defensively. What I – like – when we say ad, as advertised, we're talking about him as an off-ball mover. This guy is an off-ball mover. He is a cutter from the weak side around curls. Uh, he just he is constantly trying to get to some open space around the basket, and that it ends up in a lot in buckets or dump offs or offensive rebounds uh, off his own stuff and other people's stuff. Uh, two that stood out to me: one was a baseline cut off, which we all like the oop from Marcus Sasser. Where he, that, just where he hung in the up, air, boings up and just kind of guides it in for the jam. It was sick. And the As other Kelser one was, said, he just waited on the ball <clears throat> in mid air. Yeah, <laughs> not a lot of guys can do that. And the other one was a curl around Killian, where Killian then dropped it down to him. But he is just like constantly moving, and like that's so valuable, I think, for an offense, even if he's not a shooter or a, a spacer in that way, which I feel like the jump shot, like, it looked all right. It looked very mechanical. I don't know if you all agree. It's, it's definitely not smooth yet. Uh, it's very much like, sort of two-motion yeah. stop sort of thing. Well, it's, uh, I mean, it's a, if you can't shoot, at least having a good form that's repeatable, even yeah. if it is mechanical, you know, it's a good place to start. For sure. 
but yeah, he also just he's always he's he's always looking for that space, looking for the cut. Uh, I think that's really valuable uh, for creating motion, creating space, creating some advantage, uh, even if he's not a shooter. So yeah, I'm 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 loving some Masar. Valley, what do you think you looked like in person? Dude, outrageous. Um, and in person, you see that, dude, the guy walked right by me, and I was so shell shocked that I didn't even process it until like 10 seconds later. <laughs> Biggest fumble of the year. How uh, tall by did me he right look there. in person? Huh? How tall did he look in person? Did you get like well, way tall? The thing is, he was next to Marcus Sasser and some other guy. So at first, I thought it was just two like random fellas, you know? And then I see this six, seven guy and noticeably stands out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but the thing that stood out to me that you guys haven't touched on because you know you talk about the defense. Um, how about the rebounding, man? 18 rebounds across two games. He pulled down 10 in the first one, um, eight in the second one, and he really got some tough rebounds. I thought with that athleticism, but when you're doing stuff like that, all those small pieces, rebounding, moving off the ball a ton. This guy played 39 minutes in a preseason opener. Like, if that doesn't mean something, like, we're, in terms of where Monty Williams stands on him, then I don't know what does. Um, 39 minutes against uh, Phoenix, and then he had uh, 31 against Oklahoma City. Uh, that's a lot of basketball for preseason. I, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I'm willing to bet that's the most preseason minutes out of anybody. Um, and it really makes me think or know that Asar Thompson's starting the regular season. You guys said you're not quite there yet. I don't Bogey know who's gonna miss out. I don't know who's Bogey. gonna miss out, but Asar is going to start. I think, thirty-nine minutes in a preseason opener, hitting those big shots, playing really confident as well. Um, that's one other thing. Gabe, that three-pointer. No, sorry, that was the other game. I don't know if you guys watched the second half of the uh, the game against Oklahoma City. The three he hit, or was it in the first half? He went between the legs to a step back to knock down a three. A um, solid base. Yeah, yeah. A solid base. Incredibly confident, but. My takeaway was this guy's going to start in the regular season, and I don't know who's going to pay the price. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he was really good, I think, in both games. Um, matched up against, like I said, Devin Booker, stuffed him on that one drive, led to a fast break. Uh, he doesn't shy away from confidence. As I just mentioned, Gabe, you talked about that corner three that you missed, you fair fan, from the corner to send us into overtime. And then uh, – there was something else that uh, really stood out to me as well. Oh, uh, Kelser said it, I think, within, like, the first quarter of the first preseason game with Duran, Stu, and Asar out there. Like you mentioned, Valley, that rebounding is going to be uh, pretty instrumental. I am I think he is going to start. I don't know. Um, I mean, the fact that Cade missed the second game and Killian started instead of Ivy – really meant to me that Monty wants Ivy to get used to that role of coming off the bench. So I think it is going to be Cade, Asar, Bogey, Stu Dern on October 25th. That would be fun. That's big. I I mentioned it to you, Amit. I don't know and about that lineup. It's so feasible, but what if we remove Isaiah Stewart outside the lineup and Asar plays in with him? So uh, you go Cade, you go <laughs> Ivy, and then you go Bogey, Asar with Dern. To me, Stewart's been the best player in the preseason. I know he missed some threes early, but like defensively, he looks better than Asar, even. I think he is really? he's smarter. I think he stays down. He had a few cheap foul calls. I thought that weren't actually fouls, but man, I, he looks good. His three pointer looks pretty good. It just, you know, didn't drop the first game. It's 
that during uh, ankle tweak, hopefully it's not serious. Yeah, I, I read that he's back at practice today. Uh, they shot Kate out okay, today good. just as, an, as like another day of rest, but Darren is back and Kate should be back tomorrow. I just um, don't think there's room right now for a star in the starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's room. I don't want to bench Stu. I still think have a shooter at that position. Like I know I said, Asar can do so when he's not a shooter. But like, if we're want if we want to do best by Cade, which we all said that Cade is the is the guy. If this team's gonna be good, it's gonna be Cade. Uh, like Durin non shooter, Asar pretty much non shooter at this point. Isaiah Stewart at least a shooter that other teams don't really respect in a real way. Um, so you're yeah, not really been wide open spacing. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you at all, but it's just the signs that I've seen from Monty Williams just makes me think he's going to start. And I'm just trying to find a way to oh, see I'm, the way it's going to work. I'm thinking stew off the bench as well, but keeping Ivy back there too. And having an Ivy stew back line <laughs> where you go, uh, Cade Burks, Asar, Bogey, Duran. Sure. That sounds a little better, yeah. And I think the, the, I wanted to touch on this before we go any farther. Asar Thompson picked up five fouls with like ten minutes to go in the third quarter in that the second preseason game, and he didn't foul out until like the last two minutes of the game, which I thought was extremely impressive. He didn't back away on any defensive possession either, so I just wanted to make sure that we touched on that too. Well, I I didn't watch that game. Was he primary on Shea? Uh, part of it. Yeah, not the whole time. But not he, the whole time. I, I, I saw yeah. him, like, brick wall him once. Yeah, yeah. it's a nice stand against him when he did go. Uh, he did, yeah. Second half, he was more on him. First half, it was more killing. On Asar, uh, the all-time offensive rebounds per game uh, leader for rookies is Josh Childress with 2.4. Asar Thompson, through these first two games of the preseason, has five re- offensive rebounds in two games. Uh, do we see a chance that Asar Thompson uh, – do we call – first of all, he not, might, might not be a guard. Uh, set, I was I was thinking of him as a guard. Does he set the guard offensive rebound rookie record this season? I don't think he'll be a guard. No, yeah. but I don't think – Yeah. Talking about. Yeah. One – Thing you guys mentioned his rebounding. Um, his defensive rebounding immediately his head snaps up and he's he's off with the ball. He doesn't look good, like pass to Ivy or Kate. He takes it himself and goes. And I heard Monty like yell a few times. He just yells, attack, attack, and then like keep moving, keep moving. So that speed that we're talking about in the preseason, that thirteen second offense exploding off rebounds we have a perfect team for that and asar like i just see his eyes snap and he just goes and it's yeah it's another way to score be effective when you're not in the offense really right and uh i i guess uh we'll move on to our next topic here which we kind of already started touching on ivy coming off the bench like i said uh Cade doesn't play. Ivy still comes off the bench. That to me means that Monty wants him to be more accustomed to that role. And I think we talked about it, I think, on the pod before the preseason opener. Um, A lot of us said if we had to kick someone out of the starting lineup for a star Thompson, it was Jade and Ivy. So I, I guess let's go a little more in depth on it. We'll start with Valley this time. Like, 
what are you thinking about Ivy off the bench? Do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? You're indifferent? Well, I'd say I'm still indifferent on it because I want to see what the final plan is. Because I I'm I don't think you can say for sure that's his that's his role, the sixth man role. When you look at um Killian starting instead of Ivy, it makes a little bit of sense to me more and so more so the prototype of player that Killian Hayes is. He's gonna take a lot more shots off the dribble in the mid-range. He's gonna come off of that screen a ton, you know, keep a guy in his hip a ton. In a way, he plays similarly to Cade, you know. I think that's just more of a, a seamless fit. Um, and he didn't want to disrupt that. Um, so I'm still I'm gonna hold out to make a judgment on it. Um, but if it does happen, like we've hinted at it, people have hinted at it his rookie year, he would be an outrageous sixth man, and we've seen that. He just comes in and he runs. The guy's as fast as ever. He might be the fastest guy in the league. Um, but I want to talk about his jumper. Uh, we can cycle back to the starting and stuff, but his jumper looks really good to me. Um, he struggled with it against Oklahoma City, but he's letting that thing fly. The form is so fast, and I told Ahmed this, like, not the results, but it looks a little Steph Curry-esque, the way he's, like, shooting off the dribble. Like, the, the release, the form, just, like, the mechanics, it just gave me a few, like, reminiscence of it. Um, but I'm really pleased with his jumper. I think it's going to come a long ways this season. We saw every three hit against um, Phoenix off the dribble or while he was moving. No catch and shoot, no stand-up threes. I'm really optimistic about his three-point shot. Um, and those first two preseason games confirmed it for me. I I want to say you gotta have a you gotta have at least two seasons shooting over forty percent from deep before you can say Steph Curry esque about anybody. Like that's form, dude. You need, you need like eight seasons in a row of that. Got to reserve just for S. But uh, yeah, where you see Curry, I see Jordan Poole, Lamelo Ball. Okay, and then Jordan Poole, you see a touch of Steph Curry, man. Okay. He uh, learned from him. He does tell look, me that's not true. He does look more controlled. I I think he looks more like in in control of what his body's doing, and he can if he's playing second unit, he's just gonna absolutely roast some point guards. He roasted Case and Wallace just by running Jason past Wallace. him in a straight line because he's so fast. Like he what team is Case and Wallace on? Yeah. Who's he? Who? Which, which team was Case and Wallace on? He's on the OKC. Yeah. OKC. Uh, sorry, Case and Wallace. And he turns him It's okay. George and Bl- George and Greg were calling him Carson Wallace for like half the game. <laughs> he turns some defense into offense where he took a one dribble and controlled it with the one hand and into a into a dunk. Which is just something he's got big. Does he have big hands? Sure. Yeah. But uh, he looks faster to me than he did last season, and I I hope he continues to use his his vertical athleticism as much as his horizontal. Because as far as like crazy athletic as he is, uh, felt a lot of times he would uh, finish under the rim very intentionally, like not really drive up on his layups and such, and make them a little softer a little lower. It looks like he's really like attacking the hoop when he takes his lays and really taking advantage of his uh, freaky physical tools. And he came into the game in that OKC game in his first stance. He like stripped Josh Giddy and took back to the other end for a dunk. So he's definitely trying on the defensive end too. That's the only thing that I think is, is, like, I don't know. Like, I think the reason Monty's keeping him out is is for perimeter shooting, but defense. Like, Monty's spoken defense, defense, defense so much. Um, yet our defense still looks terrible, doesn't it? Um, but I think that's one of the key reasons Ivy's not starting. Um, but he's showing that he's putting in the effort on I mean, it. You are definitely right. It's very noticeable. 
think another thing is that just his preseason. I think that's why Asar is playing so much and why Killian started. In reality, he probably won't be. Um, you got to try some things in preseason. I don't... His three... Um, it looks more fluid and looks quicker, but I think him like chucking up threes is a bit of a cop-out for defenders. Um, like, this year, he's more in control. He missed a lot of layups last year. Some were just wide open that he just missed. Um, like... Connie said, just get a little bit higher. Close in. You could. Like, he's athletic enough. Um, I wanted to say one. Uh, the, the, when he does come off the bench, I don't mind that. Like, Drew Holiday's coming off the bench for Boston. He'll close this probably. I do, but, I, like, if not playing, I want him to start. But I would, like, for, like, five minutes of just extreme spacing to start the game. Um, just to kind of make teams play a certain way, and then you can get Ivy in there, and they're playing out, and he just goes right by him. Uh, so I do. Th- I I like that look. I don't think it has to be one way or another. Some days he can start, some days he can't. That's kind of the depth we have this year. Um, which I'll get into more later with the the big men we have, but uh, it's just watching him play. He's he's still every time he takes a three, I just think. Ah, you could have just driven that because I really don't see anybody in the league, like I said, that can keep up with him athletically. But I think he needs to take those shots because he's still a young guy. And if he can, if he can, it's in preseason, yeah. And like, but I think regularly he should have the confidence to take those shots because I think it's pretty essential that the other team uh, is at least sort of worried about that shot. Yeah, but it's like I don't know. Like you, you know when we play pick, pick up with Hattie and like you pass in the ball and he just shoots, and it's like you could have taken a shot with like three left on the shot clock. You know, like that'll always be there. I want to see him try <laughs> to do something else. Yeah, relatable content right there. Hattie basketball <laughs> takes. <laughs> Any other thoughts on Ivy before we move into beef stew? Uh, just real quick, does he start opening night? Yes or no? I'm it. No. Gabe? No, I think Monte is going to start. Monte? Yeah. Connie? No, Monte. I think Monte's going to start. Wow, calling himself in. I think it's going to be Ivy. Okay, I'm going to go Burks. Yeah, I mean, Monte has been preaching that it's important to have bets out there. So, um, it's probably gonna be one of Monte or Alec Burks or in a real turn of events Joe Harris. Um but we'll talk on Joe Harris in rotation minutes later. But let's move into Beef Stew. Um we've talked about on this pod before how we feel like he needs to improve his touch around the rim. Uh first game shooting from three he wasn't that great. Second game he was a lot better. But like I just mentioned, inside of the arc he was a lot better against OKC. Um, he made some strong moves to the basket, putting his shoulder into Chet, uh, just kind of gaining confidence with using his body and his touch around the rim. Um, he even had a couple hooks. They ran a post up for him to start game two of preseason two. Uh, we'll start with Connie this time. How are you feeling about beef two around the rim? Well, Monty before Monty Williams before the season was talking about how when Stu's got a more athletic, smaller four on him, they're going to try to attack that mismatch. And I think I thought Stu did a really good job of that. 
getting seals uh, and just making a making a simple move over a guy. I think that that starting the game with the post up is a little bit of that like Ben Wallace, Kendrick Perkins type thing where it's like uh, you give the motor guy a nice take at the beginning of the game so that his motor is high for the rest of the game. You know, you can't just expect the guy to offensive rebound and battle guys all game because that's not very fun. So you give him the shot to make him feel good. But uh, I they kept going to it. He was four for four uh, against Phoenix inside the arc. Um, I think it looks a lot better. It looks less rushed. It looks less like a, uh, a sort of just like get this out of my hand. Uh, it looks a lot smoother, like it's coming off the fingertips. Uh, really enjoy some some stew. I think if he keeps the move simple, I don't think we I want to see a lot of dribbling down, trying to back a dude into the paint, but just like a, like with Chet, it was like grab the ball instantly, shoulder directly to the chest, moves him, step through, easy left. With the left, with too, the left, after yeah. that move. Uh, so if he keeps it simple, I think those 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 touch shots can get, get going. Yeah, I have nothing more to add, I guess. Um, like I said, his defense looks great. I he still looks like our best defender at the rim and uh, on on switching. He just looks more more mature. Um, and then also notice when Bagley was on the court, Stewart was still kind of like the the power forward in that situation. He was still spacing the floor, so it seems like he's not going to be the backup five lead at any point. That's kind of relegated to the other two bigs. Um. So that must mean he's hitting those threes behind the scenes. Um, I mean, yeah, not, not much else to say. I don't think he's done anything bad, really. Speaking of threes behind the scenes, he hit that three behind the screen to miss against all those threes in game OKC. One. Yeah, uh, it was nice to see. It was nice. It was off a DHO. He just guy went under. He pound dribbled and just fired away, and he buried it. So it was nice to see Stu get going a little bit in that second game. I think he was two for four from behind the long line in that game. I think he was one for like six or something in the first game. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's it's nice to see. Like, I don't think he's going to be shooting six threes a game. So if he can bury two for four um, on most nights, I think uh, his he's going to be in pretty good shape. I feel like shooting six threes a game is very realistic. Especially if teams disrespect him and just leave him open. <laughs> if he's I disrespected, yeah. I mean, if he's yeah. he, like if he's a starting four, he's gonna oftentimes probably be like the valve on a lot of plays, where it's like the ball is just gonna find his way there if things collapse and we have a lot of collapsers. I don't I feel like if if he's the shooter that we think he is, six threes a game as a starting four, I feel like perfect. You're right. Reasonable. That's fair. I guess I'm just trying to say like I don't think he should be hunting them, but if they find him, he should make it. You know. Yeah, I think, but I think six threes might find him. You're right. That's possible. Off kickouts and stuff, if Kate and Ivy can create as much attention as we think they're going to. You're right. That's possible. I'll, I'll take a bet with you on it. Stu takes over six threes opening night. Ooh. In Chicago? <laughs> no, no. Or in, in Miami. Oh. Who's in the Miami. Kevin, Kevin Love? Love. They've been starting. Starting. He plays like 10 minutes. He's gonna disrespect Stu's three. I think everybody can disrespect, and Stu is gonna launch. If he hits his first first one, he'll shoot six. 
but I'll say yes just to like keep the bet simple. But um, yeah, if he's missing them, he's gonna stop taking. I mean, I think even in that first game, Cade had to tell Stu keep shooting, and Cade knocked or Stu knocked it down. So like, it's nice that Cade is still you know giving him that confidence within the flow of the game to just keep shooting. Uh, any other thoughts on Stu before we move into the backup big man battle? Got nothing. Marvin Bagley went absolutely crazy in the first game of the uh, preseason against the Suns, dropping, what was it, 25.7 boards, and it was pretty much all in the second half, not all in the second. I don't think he came in until the second half. Um, and then James Wiseman looked pretty bad in the first game. It was it was not looking good. And then he comes back in game two and goes eight for eight, uh, including a three uh, from the right wing. Uh, I started with Valley and then Connie. So, Gabe, back to you. Talk to us about what you've seen from Wiseman and back. Yeah, for me, these two games couldn't have been more opposite. First game, like the whole crowd, everybody around me, every time Wiseman would like go up soft or like lose the ball or just home pick under the rim and then not do anything with it. Everybody was complaining, me included. <laughs> and then when Bagley came in and just started dunking things and big many people, he just looked so athletic. Um, the pick and roll with Cade, immediately there's an alley And then immediately he was running and finishing above the rim. And he even hit a three, which looks much cleaner than last year. Uh, that's, I think, is going to be a huge thing. If Mark can hit... Uh, Two threes a game, one three a game. That would be amazing. Oh, we lost Gabe. Uh, Connie, you want to pick up? You want to pick up where you left off? I know Wiseman had a had he had a nice game in the second game, and he uh, I want to I want to give him some ups before I start shitting on him. Uh, uh, he also (laughs) he made some okay passes. I thought he was much more willing as a as a guy not to just be a black hole on offense. Uh. But between the two of these guys, the guy that I trust more to play the role of a backup center and play the like the way that the Pistons I think want to play, I trust Marvin Bagley to do that. To get up and down the court, to be all right with setting screens and rolling to the hoop, to get out of the way when it's time to get out of the way. I don't like. It was a good game by Wiseman. He made his shots, but like, wasn't like an I guess overly different Wiseman game to me. It was just a good one. Like and there's those are good so post- because he's <laughs> he's a very talented player, but like it's still not the way that I think the Pistons want to play basketball, and I think Bagley fits more into that. And like he's gonna just even when his second game wasn't that crazy, it wasn't bad either. You're still four for five, uh, and he just sets screens and he rolls, and like <laughs> that's perfect. Is what you want from that spot, and he looks athletic. He looks he looks good off the injuries. We'll see how long he stays healthy, but he looks good right now. Yeah, I mean, he made it. I think farther than he did last season. I think he got hurt in like the first preseason game. Gabe, did you want to finish up what you were talking about? I didn't have much else to say. Really, I thought he looked a lot more dangerous game one because Cade was out there with him. We talked about that last season. He averaged twenty and ten in those few games. Um. He looks good. I got to say, you know, I was a hater, but he didn't post up once. He hit that one turn turn, turn on fade the first game, which was nice. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, he – Wiseman was annoying with a few too many post-ups. Um, but he scored, so you can't really complain. It's just 
it's not within the flow of the offense, like Connie was saying. And I think one thing to note about like the Stu post ups and the Wiseman post up is that they're they're not dribbling. Like if they are dribbling at the pound dribbling, then like you said, Connie, the step through. Um it's quick. Like Wiseman, the two post ups he got, both right handed, if I recall correctly, got it and just flipped it right up right away. It, it was just quick, like using his length to his advantage. And like I think we talked about it on the pod before. Like Wiseman is so long. It's like, you know, Space Jam's Michael Jordan dropped the ball in the basket, man. And I think that's what he did the first two possessions. It was nice to see him like get a, get a flow going, set back to the elbow, nail, nail a left elbow jumper. And then he went to the right wing to nail a three. And then he was pretty active on the offensive glass, a couple clutch putbacks um, in tandem with the Sar Thompson. So he played well, but then again, it was against like some third stringers against OKC. So I guess the only two things I can take away from that are the uh, block he had on the nice like fake pass by Mitchich, uh, where he looked away through a bounce pass and then Wiseman was able to recover and block. And then the step back, not step back, but like he was on his way, moving back to the right wing, the other three, and then the funky looking left elbow jumper, which went, um, Valley, your thoughts on Wiseman or Bagley? Um, who's your, yeah. uh, who are you, like, who do you think's winning the race right now for backup big man? Definitely Bagley, uh, because I read something that said Monty praises Marvin Bagley's defensive communication. Um, and if, you know, the, the uh, offensive, consistency that Bagley has showed the first two games and then on top of that at least communicating defensively I think is a lot better than what Wiseman has shown so far but there's still um over a week of training camp and two preseason games still but like to answer your question Marvin Bagley is a little bit I have to change Wiseman at this point in time for me Bagley yeah I mean you guys touch on on pretty much everything and I'm a very notable uh Marvin Bagley hater and James Wiseman hater but the hates eased up on Bagley I'm not gonna lie um, I was really upset watching that game against Phoenix. Uh, Wiseman made one field goal that game, uh, missed several free throws. Just seemed like, yeah, like get off the court, man. Um, and that's exactly what happened once Dern picked up that injury. And it was just night and day um, once Marvin Bagley checked in. Was it the very first play he checked in? He dunked an alley-oop? Yep. yep, first two plays. One was from Payne, one was yep. from Ivy. Back to and back. the crowd was so happy. The entire crowd was so happy. happy. <laughs> And he had a huge finish down low um, as well in that game. He knocked down a three in that game. Uh, and then, Gabe, you mentioned the fader. I think Bagley is definitely leading the backup race after that one. Um, again, did what he needed to do in um, in our second game against OKC. But in terms of just being a backup big man, it's a simpler role, you know. And and we've talked about so much how Bagley's an excellent play finisher. That's all he has to do. Set screens, roll to the rim. And that's all you have to do. You know, uh, the communication, I mean, I didn't know that. That's really interesting because obviously the defense isn't there with Bagley. Um, but if he's at least communicating, you know, hey, there's something, you know. Um, yeah. I, I have a few other ways to – I have a segue. Can I segue off of Marvin Bagley? Segue yeah. off of Marvin Bagley. Um, so many of those points in the third quarter came from a two-man game with Killian freaking Hayes, man. Killian Hayes was reading those pick and rolls so well. He had two turnovers over two games which is really exceptional, I thought. And he played a good amount of minutes. Uh, he shot 57% over those two games, 5 for 8 and then 7 for 13. Uh, looked so good defensively. Did not belong um, against the second half Phoenix guys, which is basically G-leaguers. Like, Saban Lee has the shakiest handle in the league, I think. And I can't tell you how many times Killian picked his pocket 
ended up with five steals that game. But we know Killian can do all that. You know, we know he can play make, play defense. Keeping the turnovers low, I think, uh, is a massive thing for him. And if he has an effective two-man game, with with if he makes that bond with Marvin Bagley, like how many times do we see that pocket pass or an alley-oop? There's no reason that shouldn't be the bread and butter of the backup unit because Bagley's an excellent roller and Killian is an elite passer. I'm really optimistic for that two-man game for his longevity of his entire NBA career. I think that's something we really haven't been able to look at and take away from his skill set. Um, but I think it's such a big thing for him. It was probably the most notable thing from game one for me. Uh, it's been hard to to keep it in me this whole time. What did you guys think about uh, Killian? What do you mean we haven't been able to see that part of his skill set? Like a two-man because, game, getting like, I don't, with the like, guy rolling to the hoop. Because I just don't think we have. Like, why not? Like, I don't exactly. I'm not saying it shouldn't have been there. Year, but it was he not. You couldn't do it last year. Like, yeah, he's just not good. At, the reason we didn't see it is cool. And I'm saying this year it's here because yeah, he's been in five times in a row and slipped Marvin Bagley to inch perfection for bunnies after bunnies. I um, think two and, reasons. And to that efficiency, I had I've never seen it before. Um, it really gets me optimistic to think um, Monty Williams is getting something out of this kid, man. Uh, yeah. Because the passing was exceptional in the pick and roll. Two reasons. You played against the Suns, third stringers. Second reason, I think he worked a lot on that right hand over the summer. Yep. It's not like he's taking right hand layups or anything exclusively, but he goes that way on pick and rolls. It's an option, right? Previously, it was you stop his left, he just picks up the dribble, passes out. This time, he's he takes his time more. He can go right. He snakes. He hit a few mid-range uh, pull-ups that were nice. He got to the line, of, uh, I mean, to the rim a, a few times in creative ways that weren't just drive left. His passing is on point. Um, his three balls still not there, but um, it, st- we're going to talk about this guy later, but I think he's going to still kind of have Marcus Sasser on his tail for the third string point card role. It's great to uh, see now to in preseason, on... but yeah. you got you got to keep it up. You're right, no doubt. I wanted to touch on one more Marvin Bagley thing. He made a nice backdoor bounce pass to I think it was Jaden Ivey in the OKC game for a soft slam. So it was nice to see Marvin showcasing a little bit extra of his skill set. Um, as for Killian, I do think that three pointer has improved. Um, I watched him warming up in uh <clears throat> in uh the preseason opener against phoenix i know it was just warm-ups but when i've watched killing in warm-ups before he normally misses a lot this time i saw him make three of five threes so it was nice Whoa. to see him i know i know Bro, it's like a good rec player that's crazy i know it's, it was amazing um shocked me but uh I, he got robbed on one three in phoenix that probably should have gone down but it didn't um and then i think he's still that late shot clock, like, God who loves to, like, take shots at the end of the shot clock, which is unfortunately usually a tough, tough three-pointer. So I think that's bringing down his three-point percentage, at least, uh, again, early in the preseason. Um, but I do think that the shot from three is improved. He blew up a play. Um, he blew up an action on the left wing uh, during the OKC game to nail a triple. So, like, you know, his guy went under on a DHO with, I think it was Stu, and he just popped and buried it. So, like, you know, you got to have confidence to knock that shot down, which I think is a really big thing for Killian Hayes. Um, and I, his defense has, has been pretty good. I, I, I think five steals is really incredible. Again, against um, 
non-NBA guys. But uh, it was nice to see him uh, still have that defensive mentality. Again, as mentioned, he's going right. Um, and, and again, getting to the rim, I think, was something that we've always touched on. He's never getting two feet in the paint. This time, he drove left into contact for an and one um, against Phoenix. And then against OKC, he drove right, took the contact, hit a fading uh, fade off glass for an and one against Mitchich. And then on top of that, he goes behind behind. Hezzy drives left on Chet Holmgren and gets the layup off the glass. So I think we're seeing a new and improved Killian Hayes. And it's nice to see him uh, show confidence for more than, you know, one game in a row. And we've seen him go on a run before scoring. But let's see if he can hold this one out. Because if he can, I think he is indeed a rotation plot. But I think this is like probably it's going to be easier. I think for Hayes being the backup point guard full time at highest, like he's not going to be a starter at, ever if Cade's around. Um, so it might make it easier for him to go against some simpler comps. But uh, no, I'm not raising my hopes up. He's, uh, he hasn't given me much reason to in the past. So. You can't hate on that, yeah. I'm not upset. Yeah. But me, on the other hand, when I just see the guy speak right now, the confidence, man, when he's going right, Gabe, I'm, I'm really glad you touched on that. I just want to bring that to light one more time. I don't think he attempted a right-handed shot over these games, but went right off the screen or on ISO several times, um, whether that ended up in like a lefty little fadeaway baseline. I know he took one time, but just so glad that he's he's finally going that way man and um the three-point shot yeah i thought it looked all right too soon to judge though uh or to make a full judgment on the three-point fair enough uh any other thoughts uh i mean killian hayes was praised by james edwards um saying that he should be in the rotation in an article so if james is speaking it into existence there's got to be something going on there uh, any other thoughts on Killa Hayes before we move on to uh, the backups of the backup? All right. Well, Marcus Sasser looked really impressive uh, in OKC. Again, like we said with the Sar Thompson, Sasser looked as advertised. Um, his ability to stop on his dime, create separation on shots and knock down those shots was what grabbed me right away when I started watching uh, some tape on him after we picked him. And he still got it. Um and he, he doesn't shy away from the big moments either. He hit a big triple from the right wing to tie it up um, in OKC. So he, he led the comeback with his uh, facilitating, with his leadership, with his shot making, with his uh, just ability to do the right thing, make the right play. And as we talked about earlier, he made that pass to Sar Thompson where Thompson just like jumped, had a cup of coffee, caught it, and then threw it down. Uh, thought And then Stanley Omude as well has been really impressive. Uh, coming in late, I think he's averaging 15 points and averaging, I think it was 60% from three over his first two preseason games. So it's really impressive to see what Amude is doing. When I when we put him on the uh, on a 10 day, I said he's a bucket and he's living up to his name. I love it. Um, Arkansas guy just scoring and he's got mad range too. So he he's helped facilitate the comebacks in the first two preseason games. Uh, we'll start with Connie this time. Your thoughts on Stanley Amude and Marcus Sasser? Uh, I think this is Marcus Sasser's reason why the Killian Hayes rotation minutes are not safe because uh, in that OKC game, he looked to me like a, a very legit shooter. Uh, he had one nice like double step back into a three. 
uh, real quick pull-ups, just catching, moving in either direction, uh, really. Uh, big shots down the stretch for us, uh, moving inwards off like uh, when someone overcommits to his three-pointer, getting to a floater, getting to a pull-up midi. Uh, I think he is a very skilled scorer. Uh, he looks a very skilled scorer. Um, so that's why I don't think the K's rotation minutes are safe because of the value of spacing and the spacing he could possibly provide in a very real way. Uh, and same thing with Amude, who has kind of a goofy – he doesn't have, like, a form that typically, like, really good shooters, high-percentage shooters, they have very nice form, especially wings, right? Like, the good shooters, they have that clean, simple – up good guide hand flick forwards his looks kind of like lazy i don't know if you if that's the right term for it it looks kind of like he's just like tossing it up there but it is so money and i really want to see if he is this type of shooter uh i really want to see stanley amude on this team because like there's going to be three point like corner threes to be had and if you're hitting those that well he's obviously not going to shoot the way that he shot he's not he's not going uh not going eight for ten, six for ten. So he's not a sixty percent three point shooter, but uh, I think there's a spot for him if he plays the way he's currently playing. At least yeah, Basil oh, yeah. or uh, Roden, he can have those. Oh, uh, he can. Have yeah, those. I think they've definitely made uh, an impact over those two. Those two have really seen the floor to this point. Uh, Valley or Gabe, any thoughts on Sasser or Stanley Amude? Yeah, we still have our 15th roster spot open, I think. And then looking like that's going to go to uh, Amude. Uh, like you said, kind of his shot just looks wet. I love his, like, kind of the catapult he has, but it's really, like, smooth and fluid. Um, he does not need to put a lot of, like, throw into that. Um, he has pretty good size, too. I don't see why he can't be a kind of Joe Harris type of player in the league. Um, who we also haven't really touched on, but Joe Harris has played well as well. He hit his threes there when they're open. Him and Umude are like the two players where if they shoot, I expect it to like swish every single time. It's nice to have depth of players who at the very least can space the floor and can shoot. We didn't, we haven't had that in as long as I've been watching the Pistons pretty much. Uh, so yeah, it's a really great thing to have Sasser. Um, I still think he's gonna spend most of his time in the G League in person. He looks really small, like really small, even in shoes. I can't see him being six feet tall, but uh, and then he, first game he wasn't aggressive really, second game, like you said, he can score a lot of ways, he can shoot. Um, his passing is, you know, so-so, but it's not really why he's on the court. But, yeah, Killian needs to watch out because if Sasser continues to be aggressive and efficient, then there's no reason for him not to have that backup point guard spot behind Ivy. Uh, yeah, and Valley, before you go, uh, I, I wanted to talk, touch on just one thing from Sasser. Did you guys see that flutter he just tossed up towards the sky, touched the stars, and dropped straight through? That was That was beautiful. It was pretty. Uh, Valley, go ahead on Stanley Mude or Marcus Sasser. I was so surprised with Stanley Mude. I didn't know he had that in him. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't know he could shoot like that, man. That comeback was insane, man. He looked like Clay Thompson out there on the catch and shoot. Um, 
Yeah, very optimistic for the way Umude played. Um, and we're sort of just looking back at the history of, of Monty Williams' teams. Um, the role of the wings on his teams is, is really simple, honestly. When you look at like the Crowders, the Cam Johnsons, it's play defense and, and be ready to knock down threes. So, so like, why can't Amude do exactly that? You know, um, I know it's in the notes, but if I'm Isaiah Livers, you know, I'm a, I'm really I'm rushing to get back right now because I'm concerned how, how well Stanley Amude is playing. Relative um, same height, defensive ability, and exactly. Amude has proved he can knock Livers down more than bigger. one shot. He's bigger. Way bigger. Is he? he stronger? Stronger for sure. He fills a different positional uh role. I feel like they're both three. That's four. fair. Mude is um, not a, Mude is six six. Like Mude is not a four. Is he really six six? That's fair. Yeah, he's six six. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> um, but looking at Marcus Sasser, um, yeah, the physicality game was definitely something you you saw against um Phoenix. Glad he put together a solid game against Oklahoma City, but Stance hasn't really changed on him. He's probably gonna be a guy that's in the G League. But the thing is, dude, if Saban Lee tore up the G League, Marcus Sasser is going to tear up the G League. And it's just going to be fans coming at Killian's head the whole time saying, hey, Marcus Ash is putting up 40 in the G League. Make him the backup point guard. Um, so I'm just ready for that. Just calling it. But um, yeah, nothing to, nothing to move him up a rotation level or anything soon, but very optimistic for him as well. You know, in college, he was a 48% three-point shooter, Amude. 48? Oh, no, that's yeah. his... Field goal. He was a thirty-eight percent three-point shooter. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I was gonna say. All right. Uh, another Arkansas guy that can shoot at Isaiah Joe. Um, so maybe Sammy Amude can kind of carve out a path for himself that way. Uh, any other thoughts on Sasser Amude or uh, Livers losing his job before we move into uh, one of our final topics here today? Well, real quick. On the personal life uh, blurb in Umude's Wikipedia, it says Umude is a fan of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I don't know why that's there or when he revealed that, but uh, kind of strange. Well, he showed out again, so that's all I can tell you. Um, another sniper on the Pistons roster, Joe Harris. Uh, in my opinion, I feel like Joe Harris needs to have some rotation minutes. He's just so steady he like i think the first two games he missed his first shot um and then just got going after that we ran an out of bounds play for him coming off of a pin to, uh, off curl and then he just knocked down the shot with ease which i think is something we didn't have a guy who could make that shot in the past we run that play in the past like all nba teams do but harris actually makes them um i, I think joe harris needs to be in this rotation just for uh, scoring stability. Uh, let's start with Gabe. Your thoughts on Joe Harris the first couple games and if you think he deserves rotation minutes. Yeah, I mentioned at the start where if Ivy's not playing, I could see Joe Harris start a few games. He is absolutely elite at shooting, probably the best in the league, catch and shoot three-point shooter. Um, <laughs> You know, that's really it. Uh. He's a smart player. He's played on good teams. He has playoff experience. At the very least, he's a 15-minute-per-game player for me uh, who can spot start whenever. He's not going to, based on, like, the advanced stats, he's not as bad as a defender as, like, Bogey or something. And if he's passable, then Joe Harris is as well. That's really it. He's pretty one-dimensional, but, man, that's a very good one-dimension. Uh, Connie? Bally, any thoughts on Joe Harris? 
Uh, yeah, it doesn't. He doesn't seem like he's trying that hard. Uh, which he's an NBA vet in preseason, so understandable. He shoots. He looks good shooting threes. He's gonna see minutes. Like, there's no way he doesn't see minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Valley. You hit it on. You hit on it right there. I mean, I've told you, Amit, that like, he might play five minutes one night. He might play twenty the next. Either way, his threat of making three pointers is is too much for him to not see the court for at least a short amount of time in in any season game. Right now, uh, any thoughts on the first preseason, first two preseason games that we did not touch on yet? Yeah, um, we both of these games were close, and we even won one of them. When the other team played their guys, the Pistons were down big. Like, both of our comebacks were made in sort of the second half when guys are – where both teams are sort of playing their second units, their backup units. I don't think our starting units looked really solid in either of these, uh, like, coming out of the gate. And that's, I think, something to be a little concerned about. You know, we actually played against other starting units. Our guys looked – outmatched a little bit and the other thing i'm very much concerned about is Cade cunningham sitting a game and now practice with quad tendonitis after playing a single game that's just uh if if you take anything from james edwards he said that he's hearing that it's just regular training camp soreness and they're just being cautious if it was a regular season game he would have played so if, okay. if take cool. take that from that what you will. It's just all very fragile. So like there was a, we've all been very positive this summer. Uh, like that it might not be. Yeah, based off that, Cody, has has your uh, predicted win totals changed? Because I know mine has. Mine, I think I might go, I think I might go down a tad. Uh, yeah. Yeah, might be at like thirty right now. Touch. In uh, former Pistons news, Pistons talked to Sweden this. Uh, have you guys seen what Eugene Omarui is doing this so far? So far, <laughs> yeah, yeah some go crazy guys. the first game. <laughs> so, uh, wizard, the Wizards. He's got a plus thirty three, plus or minus. He's eight for thirteen from the field, five steals, six rebounds, twenty two points, and twenty four in twenty four minutes this far in the preseason. <laughs> I'm a little upset he's not on our roster. That's what I was thinking when I was looking through his box scores, man. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Nothing about that one. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, uh, any other thoughts on the preseason before we start taking a little bit of a preview for our next two games? So two more games to go this preseason, uh, October 19th and October 20th. Um, one against OKC, this time actually in OKC in Tulsa. And then we head down to the Lone Star State of Dallas, Texas to take on Luka if he actually plays and the Mavericks. Um, I'm seeing – I don't know. I, I, this this team's kind of been uh, shocking me with their late comebacks, but I, I'm still going to say 0-2 in the preseason uh, before we – we're saving the wins for the regular season. That's how I'm just going to look at it. We're going to beat the Mavs. They lost to a European team. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. They had four ex NBA players on their roster. I'm pretty sure. I'm Madrid. Yeah. Let me go make sure. Yeah. I think there's one ex Piston legend on there. I would love for you guys to guess if I can pull it up. One and one. Yes. Yeah, is the crapshoot. And you never know. <laughs> you never yeah. Know. Fair enough. One. Okay. I'll change it. One and one. You're right. It's a crapshoot. 
And if Kane comes back, then he'll go off in the first half of one of those games. Who do you think will lead us in – who's going to be the top scorer out of those two games? I could see a Jaden Ivey 30-piece. Yeah, I think Jaden Ivey. I can't think of anyone else, so I'll go with Ivey. There's one former Piston who was on Real Madrid. Can you name him? And you have to get deep in your bag because, hint, I don't think you played a game for us. Um, Troy Weaver acquisition. One of his earlier moves. Oh. Um, also, Cobra Vita. <laughs> no, the guy we traded Bruce Brown for, right? Musa? <laughs> oh, uh, Musa. 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 Yeah, Zanon yeah. Musa. Contributed with eight points. Um, Yabusle on that team, um, Facundo Campazzo on that team, and Mario Hazonia and Vincent Poirier on that team. Wow, that's quite the roster. Um, yeah, you know what? If we can't beat the Mavs after that, Valley, your 50 win season is kind of going down the drain on that one. Um, uh, yeah. That, that's on a second half of back to back in preseason. I'm assuming that's going to be the third and fourth stringers. Even my oh, yeah. the game will be unlikely. Do we know why Bogey's not playing? Cap is, he, is, he, uh, is he even here? Yeah. yeah. Uh, cap strain. Okay. Yeah, he's out with cap strain. I haven't heard, I haven't seen anything on him. Um, but uh, hopefully, with a week between two preseason games, him and Cade come back, and we actually get a peek at what our actual starting lineup might be uh, on Thursday the 19th. But any other thoughts on that or tomorrow's open practice before we get on out of here? Are you guys going? Yes, sir. Do you, do you go? We have three tickets. I'm good. <laughs> wow. I thought we had a business fan over there. I thought so, too. He left before the game ends, and now he won't come to open practice. Who's uh who's uh whose signature are you gonna or picture with? Who are you trying to go after? Um, anyone that's willing to. <laughs> no, this is like they, as I remember it. There's like lines. You got to pick your lines. Take a little while. Take What's a guess, it? Robert, and I will be. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get that's Killian killing. to have the new intro for the pot. Killian got the new get, intro. For get the pot. get him on the pot. You know what? We we're gonna try. We're gonna try everything. We're gonna be asking. We're gonna uh. Better have the buffs on shirt. Yeah, I'm taking mine. <laughs> I told Valley we got a we got a rep. Um, and then I put it out on Twitter. We only got one response on. Uh, if any fans are gonna be there, so we'll see if anyone recognizes the logo on the shirt. But uh. <laughs> uh all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Buff Sound Podcast. We had fun talking to you guys about it. It's fun to have Pistons basketball back, and it's fun to feel what a win feels like again. Um, so we'll be at open practice tomorrow. Uh, you guys aren't going to hear this. It doesn't matter. And then we got two games next week on Thursday and Friday before opening night uh, is approaching quickly. We are only 11 days out, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we're almost there. But until then, throw the Buffs on Detroit because the future is bright.